0: Welcome to Apparently Speaking, the podcast from Northeast Ohio Parent Magazine, with your host, Miriam Conner. Hi, this is Miriam. Welcome to the latest episode of Apparently Speaking, where I'll be talking with president and CEO of Faber-Castell USA, Jamie Gallagher, about kids and creativity. This episode is sponsored by Montrose Mazda Kent. They go around the world for you. Before you look, call or stop in and talk to Jeremy. Find out more at mazdakent.com. Jamie graduated from the University of Notre Dame and began what is now a more than 35-year career in the creative products industries. For 16 years, he was a key sales and marketing team executive with Lego. He then served as president of Playmobil USA. In 2003, Jamie assumed his current role as president and CEO of Faber-Castell USA. Most recently, he's played a pivotal role in Creativity for Life, Strategic Development Plan within Faber-Castell. Jamie is also a featured speaker on the topic of creativity as a key success factor in business. Welcome. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for coming. I'm very excited to have you here. I've talked about um, creativity a little bit on some other episodes when I've talked about 21st century skills and keys for success. And it's one of the four C's, creativity. But I really wanted to devote today's show to just creativity in your the perfect person to do that with. Great. (laughs) Let's do it. Yeah. So when we talk about creativity, what would you say is kind of the definition? Some people think like, oh, you're good at art or you're good at crafts. And that's not exactly
1: all of it. Yeah. You're absolutely right. Because I think the the, still to this day, even though we're getting a little bit better in terms of defining it, the, the age old definition is if you are artistic, then you are creative, and if you are not artistic, then in fact you're not creative, and, and it's the reason why a lot of people, you know, don't pursue creative interest because they misdefine it with with art. Um, and in its simplest form, you know, creativity is really about new things, ideating and thinking of new things. Now, the, the one part of that that I think becomes really interesting that not many people recognize is th- there's this idea of value. So in, in order for something to be truly creative and almost anything in any area can be creative, there's this idea, you know, it really should also have some kind of value and that can be defined also in a number of different ways.
0: All right. Right. So, you know, yeah, because at first, and that would be my first thought is, oh, you're good at art. You're not good. You're not very creative. You know, my sister, there are four of us siblings and my, my one sister, she got all the artistic, you know, everything. She got it all. She's a super great artist, you know, and I can draw stick figures only, right. but I was kind of glad because I'm like, oh, well, when I'm looking about stuff up about, you know, being creative and all that, it's really a lot also about problem solving, right. which I'm like, okay, I can do that. But, you know, yeah. so it it is, it's just interesting because because it really has a lot to do with being a good problem solver. And even, you know, some of the things I was looking up, you know, um, there was a recent survey among CEOs and they said, you know, creativity is really a game-changing skill for success. And business leaders I know are looking for creative thinkers, problem solvers.
1: Right. And, and, and I think the, the other part of that, because it is so much about problem solving and critical thinking, uh, you know, everybody understands imagination. And Everybody's talking about innovation, but what's really fascinating is that without creativity, there simply is no innovation. And if the bridge, if you think of it, if on one side of the canyon sits imagination and ideation, and on the other side of the vast canyon sits innovation, then the bridge between the two, you know, the bridge between what you and I can ideate and making something happen is really creativity, and, and that becomes you know, the key bridge or the key link between imagination and innovation.
0: Yeah, and it's really um, – so you can see why it's really important in business yeah. nowadays and why business leaders would be looking for it because – you know they don't want someone who can just say it's black and white. Kind of this is how you do it. This is the answer to the problem. They Want someone that can think outside the box, so to speak.
1: Yeah, and I, if you look at an organization like like ours at Faber Castell, I I constantly remind people that we don't just need creative people in our product development and marketing and graphic design area. I mean that that's absolutely true. We need creative people there, but. Ironically, we need creative people in areas where problem-solving is so important. So, for instance, what we call supply chain. Uh, Our supply chain, which is really everything from where the product is produced until we get it into the hands of of consumers. How do we do that efficiently? How do we do that logically? Um, That's a really important area for problem-solving. And therefore, as you say, wherever you find problem-solving, we need creativity.
0: Right. And if you think about it, in your own life, I mean, all throughout your personal and professional life, you're always going to be having to problem solve. Right. So if somebody really can't get that or isn't really good at that, so to speak, then, you know, it's going to hinder their success, I think, personally and professionally.
1: Right. And I I think, as you say, you go back to that survey and a lot of the different business thinking today is an understanding that, you know, we are headed into a future that's going to be influenced by artificial intelligence. What does that leave us? You know, that really leaves us as being creative problem solvers. It leaves us as being people who are truly human. Um, What are those things that we're going to continue to need in a world that is going to be increasingly influenced by artificial intelligence?
0: And I did, I read something else that said creativity peaks at age four and then it steadily declines, you know, through your adulthood, which was like, it makes me sad. I was like, oh, yeah, because, you know, you think of little kids like that. They're so creative and they're just, they have no, you know, nothing's been told to them as far as like you have to do things this way or that way. So they do come up with these creative solutions.
1: And and that, you know, it's that fact coupled with the fact that creativity once again, is so clearly recognized as an important skill and mindset for future success. So on one end, you've got something that's clearly recognized as being increasingly important for our success in the future, but then on the other side, you look at the measure of it that starts at you know age five, where it measures out at 98%, and by the time you get to age 31, it's at 4%. So what's going on there? Right, I mean, yeah, <laughs> there's something happening in between there that's driving us and taking the creative life out of us.
0: Definitely. And so, what do you think for parents? What are some things that they could maybe do, or what would you suggest to kind of get that instilled in your kids—that creative, that problem solving?
1: Yeah, that, that's a great question, and, and we've done you know a lot of reading and thinking about those environments where creativity flourishes. And you have to look at the flip side of the coin, which is said: what are those environments where creativity just does not exist? It just doesn't get going. And and one thing that becomes critical there is, you know, it, it's the idea of the more emphasis we put on right and wrong, black and white, the more difficult it is for us to generate creative thinking. And I think that that kind of gives you a little bit of a key when we start to think about where we've gone with education and standardized testing and it's either right or it's wrong, it's black or it's white, it's quantitative, that makes it difficult to generate creativity. Uh, It also instills an element of fear and trepidation. And one thing that's absolutely true and undeniable is creativity will not coexist in an environment of fear. So if if you and I are working together on a project—because there is a lot of collaboration in our lives these days—but if you and I are working together on a project and I have an idea that might be a little bit out there, it might be a little bit off the beaten path and maybe even crazy, if I fear that you're going to judge me and you're going to say, Jamie, that's ridiculous, That that you, that's crazy— then i'm probably not going to share that idea with you and if that happens time and time and time again then our unique ability to imagine to ideate to come up with new things is obviously going to be stifled because i i don't i don't want to look silly or stupid yeah, or inadequate or an incompetent exactly fear of that. rejection yeah. fear yeah. of judging so we look at these elements of you know, where does it work? It absolutely works in environments where there's an openness, when there's an open-mindedness. Uh, in a business environment or even a, in a collaboration environment, trust is so critical. So if, once again, if you and I are working together and we trust one another, then I trust that if I offer something, you're going to respect it. And you'll give me open and positive feedback about it, but I don't have to hold it in. So we've got this idea of open environments where people trust one another um, and there really isn't that fear. So those are the types of things. And I think even in a family, you know, that's that openness, um, that, you know, lack of fear of being judged or rejected or, or ridiculed or whatever. You know, be open, be open to experimentation, be open to, you know, play, be open to things that, okay, if it works, it works. If it doesn't work, what did we learn from it? it it's that type of an approach and environment where creativity can thrive. And, and I think you know, as a, as a, you know, from your educational background, you know, this is all about parents, educators, and kids working together to create that type of an environment.
0: Definitely. And I think, you know, you touched on the schools a little. I think some schools are maybe trying to be a little more, you know, innovative in this area than others. It just depends. But it's also hard because, you know, you mentioned that the testing and things, there's that pressure there. And those tests are not creative. Yeah. You know, it's just kind of, it is black and white. And so then the teachers have that pressure. And so it's a little bit harder for them to maybe let the kids be a little more creative because it's like, no, we have to get A, B, and C done, you know, today and things like that. So kids are just... You know, sometimes in different environments, they're just kind of learning what they have to, how they have to learn it to do well. And this is what the teacher told me to learn, and we have to learn it this way. And so that kind of stifles that, obviously, a little bit. It does.
1: And I I think, you know, that's why if you look, you know, history will probably prove that we are at a time right now, call it a crossroads, call it a time in the midst of change. um, But it is really difficult on educators to balance between meeting the criteria of standardized testing upon which funding and a lot of other things are based, while at the same time, I think in their heart, they know that kids learn differently. You know, there's many different ways of learning and kids respond to different prompts. Um, they they know they want to do what's in the best interest of their kids, but they're in a tough spot. They have to balance the standardized part of it as well.
0: Right. I'm just thinking of my son um, in particular with math. Even at a young age, he started. um, He was always pretty good at math, but they would just kind of give them the problem and let them see if they could figure out figure it out in their own way, rather than you know this is exactly how you do it. And I think I don't think that probably works with every kid, depending on their Mm -hmm. math, you know. But but he for him it worked really well, and he would come up with some ways that I would never have. Yes. ever figured ever done it that way ever but it worked and you know, sometimes my husband would look at it and say you know but if you this way seems like it's so much longer you know i'm like let him do it. that's right. the way his brain works so let him do it that way it does it's fine it's not the way we would do it or the old way we were taught um but he was being creative with it and he got to the solution
1: and that's such a great example of how creativity works and, and it's such a great example of as i mentioned you know kids learn differently. And and the more we can allow for different pathways and different ways of learning, then, you know, learning and creativity can flourish just like the example you gave.
0: Yeah, I agree. And I think, um, you know, thinking about kind of switching gears a little bit, you know, for parents. So obviously, like you said, let them don't just kind of shoot it down even if you even if you think that idea is not going to work or that's not really but maybe even just talk it out like right. why why do you think that solution would be a good one and here here's my two cents and kind of things like that yeah. rather than just like no you know that's not or that's not how we we all have always done it or things like that no, it's
1: amazing to think. Of, of the educational world that I grew up in and how we learned and how much of it was memorization.
0: Rote, memorization wrote, memorization, yep.
1: note-taking, and, and, you know, I, I probably got through because I was a voracious note-taker. And then those notes I would memorize the night before a test. And I look back and I think of that way of learning and how that absolutely can't apply to everybody um, we're in a better place now.
0: Yeah, I'm not sure how I got through, barely, I guess, by the skin of my teeth. But um, but you're right. And then, of course, immediately you forget everything that you did because right. you were just doing it for that you know That's purpose right. and that was your goal. And then you can just check and throw those note cards That's away right. and move on to the next set for sure, definitely. We're going to take a quick break and hear a word from our sponsor, and we'll be right back and continue talking about creativity. Hey, this is Miriam from Apparently Speaking. Join the Mazda family like I did at Montrose Mazda Kent. You'll love the selection of new and used cars and lease options. We are on our third car from Kent Mazda. We keep going back because of the ease of purchase, and it has been by far the best deal we could find each time. Montrose Mazda Kent. They go around the world for you. Before you look, call or stop in and talk to Jeremy. Find out more at mazdakent.com. All right, we are back talking with Jamie Gallagher, president and CEO of Faber-Castell USA. We're talking about kids and creativity and maybe some things parents can do to foster that. I think um, I'm thinking about, you know, my kids. We used to do more just because they're a little older now, but I love doing arts and crafts with them. We have a space in our basement. And I have all these supplies. They're just random. I mean, just all kinds of, you know, some of my friends tease me, but just all these different bins of these different supplies. And some of the things they always liked the most was just kind and a free, free, right. you know, free, create, creatively, whatever you want to call it. I would just put everything out, or they would pick some and just you know do a collage and put all these different things on the paper. It wasn't like I said, you know, you have to do it this way. Right? And they came up with some great things, and it
1: is, and I think you know that if you look at um, you know the the way that digitization and screens in many ways um, have influenced and dominated uh, our our lives these days. I think that idea of the traditional free form, blank canvas, open materials, um, you tell your own story based upon your imagination, it's that balance that I think we're really looking to achieve. I think that's a really healthy balance relative to a steady diet of digitization today.
0: Right. And I'm sure technology, that was something I wanted to touch on too. I'm sure that has stifled some creativity in kids or who knows what it, how creative they may have been, but they spend all their time on the screens. And so they don't have those opportunities.
1: And, I, you know, I, I also um, look at the problem-solving aspect of it and the, the great lengths and the process that uh, people used to have to go through to find a solution or find an answer relative to the instant answer and the instant gratification that we have today of just looking something up You know, there was a process and there was a problem-solving process uh, that people used to have to go through to get an answer or a solution or information. Technology is unbelievably positive and there's so much good that comes of it. But we also have to be careful that we don't lose some of those fundamental skills. Like, okay, how do we solve a problem? What's the what's the thought process that goes behind getting an answer to something?
0: Google it. Right.
1: right. <laughs> that's
0: that's it the happen. process. <laughs> no.
1: That's the process today. But, right, yeah, exactly. It is. Right.
0: And I know what you're saying though. I think there has to be a balance. Exactly. Right. Technology is great for so many things. As long as there's a balance. No that's one's right. saying don't let your kids use it or that there are benefits. There are for them as well, but just a balance.
1: You mentioned earlier the, the new thinking within education, which is really the 21st century skills and the four C's. So it's communication, collaboration, critical thinking and creativity. Those can be developed. Those can be expressed. Those can be learned both digitally and in the traditional Manner. So I I think it's always important as we talk about parents, as we talk about educators, as we talk about students and development, that we really look at those four C's and say, hey, for instance, communication. You know, are we able to sit and have a conversation? Um, It does not always need to be a text. Uh, Even in the corporate environment, you know, I, I I constantly say to people, get up, walk down the hall. And talk to him.
0: Like what? Don't Don't send the email
1: chains and the back and forth. And I think we all we all experience that. But within the four Cs I think there's some really interesting traditional ways of going about establishing collaboration and communication and critical thinking and creativity.
0: Definitely. And right. Just have that balance like we talked about. And yeah, the communication, that's a whole nother. We'll have to do a whole nother episode on <laughs> right. that because right that we have issues with that, too. But um, some of the other things, you know, we, we already talked about kind of unstructured, imaginative play. Don't try to micromanage. Right. kids play so much you know I think parents want you know we as parents want them to have a good time and we want everything so okay you're gonna have a friend over and I have this activity for you plan and then this yeah. one and then this one and that's okay to some extent but kind of just see what they come up with you know exactly. have the things there let them, when they're younger you know let them play dress up or we talked earlier before we started recording about Legos and how right. some of my favorite things with my son are just the free he does the kits but just when he just creates with just the, the bricks you know from his own mind he comes up with some really cool things right just let them instead of like micromanaging everything they're doing let them come up with it and
1: and i also had mentioned to you at the time that uh at the time that i was with lego that was one of our classic debates uh within the company was do we move to licensing whether it be harry potter or star wars at the time or some of these uh licenses that essentially have a story and have a project or do we remain true to the purest view of Lego, which was there is no right or wrong. Uh, It is all about your imagination, and that's all you need to create something is whatever you can ideate, you can create. And again, we're we're back into that same discussion of balance because a few things in this life and in this world are black and white, so it is a balance between there's wonderful things about the types of products Lego is doing today that are licensed. But there's also that wonderful aspect of just free form creation.
0: Yeah. And, and, and it has the balance because they can do both. Right. You know, obviously they're, you know, they have those kits that are really inexpensive. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) And then they have the free, you know, bricks, which are, you know, so so there is that balance there too. And I think um, something I read too about fostering creativity in your kids, it said, don't reward children for showing creativity. I thought that was interesting. Yeah. You know, don't, don't give them a reward for that. Let that just be, let that be the reward.
1: Exactly. That, that's, they were
0: creative.
1: And, you know, we we continue to fight the battle of rewards, right and wrong, good and bad. Um, and I think in some ways just letting that flow, letting that be part of what we do uh, and not always having to provide a reward for it or an acknowledgement for it. We do it because that's what we do and that's who we are. Right. That's healthy. I think that's yeah, a healthy approach. I do, approach. Too. I
0: do yeah. too. And just kind of also, you know, modeling it. I, I mentioned modeling a lot, you know. Um Let your kids see you reading for pleasure and be involved in the arts, you know, maybe go to a concert, the theater, anything like that, that you can music different, different styles and genres of music, you know, expose your kids to all of that uh, when they're young. You
1: know, I think that that's so great because I mentioned earlier that creativity thrives in environments where there's openness. And I think as parents, us modeling, as you say, that we are open. We're open to different points of view. Uh, Very importantly, hey, we're open to being wrong sometimes, you know, as as a, a mother and father, husband and wife, just showing that, you know, we are open to being wrong, to changing our mind, to saying, hey, that's a great idea. Let's do it that way, not the way that I thought. So anything we can do to foster an openness, I I think is going to help.
0: Right. Let them see that you make mistakes. You can laugh about it, not make a huge deal about it. Yeah, I tried this and failed. Ha ha. You know, but at least you tried it or this is why it didn't work and have that communication.
1: And in that case, and this is a whole nother conversation that's critically important also to growth and development is it it fosters a sense of vulnerability. And we know that if, if we are, and this is true in business, it's true wherever, if we're showing vulnerability and our humanness, then we're at the same time building the trust that I spoke of earlier. So one of the keys of building trust is to show that, hey, I'm not perfect. You know, I'm I'm vulnerable. I make mistakes. I change my mind. So it helps foster
0: trust. Right, which is super important just in parenting in general. Yes. You know, for sure. Definitely. Um, One thing that was really interesting that I found, it said, stop caring what your kids achieve emphasize process rather than product. So ask questions, you know, did you have fun during it? Did you finish it? What did you like about the activity? what did what didn't you like rather than focusing on the actual product, but more the process, the yeah. creativity of the process? I thought that was really interesting. I, I think
1: it is too. and I think that that becomes especially important as we look into the future. And there's a whole set of statistics, all of which are fascinating, that that really speak to the fact, that the, the jobs that will be in the, in the market and the jobs that will exist in 2030. So 2030, believe it or not, is just a little more than 10 years away. But 10 years from now, those jobs that exist in 2030, you know, two-thirds of them have not even been invented yet. So to your point, if if we're, if we're guiding and instructing and developing and teaching toward a specific outcome or a specific skill— Who's to say that that job, that skill, that outcome will still be here in 10 years? Whereas if we're guiding and instructing them to a way of thinking or a mindset, then that will serve them well, irrespective of what positions and what jobs exist out there. And I think that's something we need to be really careful about is are we instructing and developing and guiding and teaching toward very, very specific positions and jobs and roles, we need to be careful about that because there's nothing to say that those will exist 10 years from now, whereas we do believe that the set, the mindsets that we're instilling in kids, which is where the four C's come from and other things, those will always serve us well.
0: Always. I think that's a great point. And it made me think of my daughter, who's a junior. She's 16. We were just talking about this the other day. You know, she kind of was like, because there were some college um, representatives at school, just for, you know, kind of that. And she was like, I didn't really... I said, did you talk to any of them? And she's like, no, no. And I said, why? It didn't matter, but why? And she said, I don't know. I I wouldn't even really know what to ask. I don't know what I want to do. She's like, everybody else was like, hey, what about this program? What do you have for this one? And she kind of felt... And I said, as, as I've said to her in the past you know, it's fine. You, you don't have to know right now what you're right. going to do. And I have told her very specifically, there are going to be things that we don't even know about right now that you're going to find out about, and you may have an interest in that. You know, there are careers that don't exist yet, and so it's okay. It's so true. It's okay, you know, and just just calm down on that, you know. And,
1: and it's interesting. I do, uh, especially at this time of year, I do a lot of speaking on college campuses, uh, most of which I, I do with business schools. And there is still a very, very urgent focus to get a job. And especially if you can imagine, you know, people going in, freshmen going in their freshman year, needing to figure out what they want to be four years from now. So we talk in those in those instances, we talk about, okay, what's your toolbox? What is your career toolbox? And you need to make sure that your toolbox, your career toolbox, whether you're in high school or whether you're in college – Make sure that that toolbox includes elements of mindset and behavior. So are you empathetic? Are you able to show vulnerability? Are you able to build trust? Are you someone who is able to, you know, communicate? Do you live your life both 3D as well as 2D And are you able to storytell? So there's a whole lot of elements of that that go well beyond, do I want to be an accountant? Do I want to be a doctor? Am I pre-med? Am I an architect? Am I in liberal arts? Wherever it is. so a lot of that that we need to make sure that we're communicating, hey, what's in that toolbox? How much of it is a skill set? That's totally cool. We need that. It's important. But let's make sure in that toolbox that we've got those elements of a mindset as well.
0: I love that because, you know, you talked about careers changing and there are things that we don't know about. But going back to those four C's, you always, no matter what you end up doing or, you know, you always have to be skilled in those. You always have to be a problem solver.
1: You you really do. And I I think it's important for parents as well as educators and, and others you know when we're talking to kids about the future and and let's face it, it has been and will continue to be in many ways a scary topic it's a it's a topic that um creates a lot of anxiety but I think when we talk to kids about this, we should talk to them about the importance of the the mindset the importance of you know along the lines of the four c's okay hey let's make sure that we're building sk- uh, skills and and abilities to communicate, you know, to work with people. And I would go as far as, you know, when when there are interviews that are taking place, whether it be an interview for a summer job or an internship or for admission, uh, I would try and talk about, hey, this is how I collaborate. This is how I collaborated when I was in high school. Uh, this is how I communicate. You know, I, I oftentimes I go to talk to people. I do this. I write. Um, how is it that I communicate? Um, Here's a problem that I solved. Here was a difficult situation I was in, and here's what I did. So anything that they can do in that process to talk about how they are a communicator, a collaborator, a critical thinker, thinker, how are they creative, how do they encounter a situation and they creatively thought of a solution, those are really effective ways to communicate with employers and with schools.
0: Perfect. I mean, I think that's a great note to end on, even though I've enjoyed speaking with you and I have other things even written down that I would love to talk to you about. Um, but I think you said it perfectly. I couldn't say it any better. And I think, um, even Faber Castell is doing a really good job to foster creativity. Um, even looking through, I'm like, Oh yeah, we have that, we have that, we have that, but, but you really do. And I know that, you know, at the heart of it is you and that's very important to you. So, um, I've really appreciated getting to know you and just that side of it, that side of, you know, the, the, big business, so to speak, that there's the person behind it that really, truly cares about kids and their creativity.
1: Well, thank you so much. And I really appreciate the time. And there's a lot of great things going on and a lot of great work
0: to do. Yeah. Thank you so much, Jamie. Thank you. This episode has been sponsored by Montrose Mazda Kent. They go around the world for you. Before you look, call or stop in and talk to Jeremy. Find out more at mazdakent.com. Thank you for listening to Apparently Speaking. Listen and subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, Podbean, and iHeartRadio. Find the podcast and much more at northeastohioparent.com. Like Apparently Speaking on Facebook and email me at podcast at northeastohioparent.com.